We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, ever since I started the show, I've uh, I've gotten questions all the time about who to bet on, who do I bet with. Obviously, we're a sports podcast, but I don't always know who's going to win, but I do know where you should bet. And I think you should know this by now. I've listened to the show. The answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, their endless props, their fantasy sports wagers, there's something there for everybody. Uh, the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. So we're hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag. Use promo code SHARKS, S-H-A-R-K-S, the new code, guys, to so make a note of that when creating your account and claim your 50% uh, bonus. So if you're laying down $100, that means you got an extra $50 to play with now. Uh, it's a great deal, guys. I know I've talked in past ads about all the different stuff on there. From you know Game of Thrones, esports, obviously NBA playoffs are going on, NHL playoffs. Uh, so check all that stuff out. So just remember, head on over to mybookie, m y b o o k i e dot a g promo code sharks. You play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. All right, so I got another sponsor to talk to you about this uh, this week, guys. Um, our newest friends from SeatGeek. Uh, let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping for dozens of different online sites trying to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals for your favorite game, concert, show, and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, yellow dot means good deals, and a red dot not so good. So go over to SeatGeek, use promo code ACAA at checkout. Receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. So what are you waiting for? Uh, again, that's promo code ACAA, $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, guys, let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. Uh, it is back to your regularly scheduled programming, folks. Uh, a little bit different last week. John and I were away. Um, maybe thought to never return again after, you know, Bedwell got his teeth into the show. Wes and Dean, those are some diabolical guys. But we did, in fact, uh, break free of the bonds. Uh, we're, we're back with you. It's been uh, maybe almost a month, John. We are talking about it before the show. First of all, apologies if it sounds a little different on my end. Uh, I'm thinking maybe there is it sound like a little bit of an echo, maybe John. Does it sound a little more? It, it definitely sounds different from before, right? It's it's fine. It's fine. Okay, I'm in a more I'm in a more confined space. I'm in the new studio. We've uh, we've relocated. Um, Landsharks After Dark home base was a little bit too provincial back in Mississippi. You know, we felt like we had to get into a bigger media market, so we we've moved over. 
400, 500 miles west, uh, southwest over here in Houston, Texas. Um, I got, I've got a lot going on, John. So I'll, I'll give you some updates in my life, and then I want to hear what you've been doing in your uh, extended hiatus from the show. So let's see. Since we last spoke, I uh, got a job here in Houston. I went to London for a week with my fiance Angie, who's in the apartment right now, but she's uh, pointedly avoiding being on the show at this juncture. I tried to get her to say, you know, come over and maybe talk a little bit, you know, just, just a couple words about how Vanderbilt, uh, much like Ole Miss, much like Arkansas, much like Mississippi State, cruised through their uh, their regional they hosted. Georgia is the uh, kind of the outlier there. We'll get to that later. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's back in the bedroom. So we're, we're living in Houston now. Had a, had a fun time in London. All these things kind of contributed to um, not doing the show the last few weeks. It's been a huge change. Um, we stayed one night. I stayed uh, near Green Park. It overlapped with her family. Um, they had yeah. been there the week before. They had a, they had a sick hotel uh, near Buckingham Palace, and then we stayed five nights in uh, kind of like the West End. It was the the closest underground station was like uh, Tottenham Court Road. Um, okay. It was really close to there too. It was like a was it out near uh, what's what, what's that? It was near mall? the it was near the British Museum. It was like the same block as the British Museum. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and there was all kinds. Of, we saw like three different plays. Uh, we stayed at Radisson Blue. It was really nice. Went to like Tower of London, British Museum, Portrait Gallery. Walked around a lot. Ate a lot of good food. It was great. Very, very fun time. Beautiful city. Would love to go back. Um, thanks. Shout out to John Stevens. I stayed with him and Beth the night before I flew out. And this is a funny story. John, uh, the wonderful host that he is, he gave me a. Uh, an oyster card, which is like what you use to get on the underground of the buses and stuff that he had. He had an old one. Yeah. And he gave it to me and it had some money left on it. And, uh, the morning that I flew in, I had flown in, like got there at like 6 AM London time. Hadn't slept. Of course, uh, had to get from Heathrow to the hotel where Angie and her family were staying. Couldn't get my credit card to work to, to, top up the oyster card as they say and uh john really saved me because it's still have money on it just went right through with the money he gave me on the card so thank you john that's uh that's that's how a true friend acts a true friend of the show so i appreciate that buddy um but yeah and then came back so let's see we give you a little breakdown we left london uh at friday on noon uh got back to the united states seven eight o'clock in austin flew from austin to dallas they we got our bags off the plane in Austin, walked them through customs, rechecked them with American, and uh, after getting across the ocean in the course of a 38-minute flight from Austin to Dallas, they were lost. So that was fun. Um, got back to Dallas at, like, what I want to say, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. London time, drove to Shreveport, didn't sleep till we got to Shreveport, stayed there, got up the next day, drove to Jackson, loaded a U-Haul, went to sleep, drove the U-Haul on Sunday unloaded the U-Haul and today is Wednesday. So we've had a couple of days here in Houston. I won't bore you with the detail. I actually had to travel to Dallas yesterday for my cousin's graduation, but needless to say, it's been a very, uh, very busy period, but everything's starting to settle out now. Um, and yeah, back in the new studio, hopefully the, the sound isn't too bad. I'll listen back to this and try to figure out if I need to, uh, change it up in the future. But what have you been up to John? It's been a, it's been a while. I know you've had some, some travels of your own going on. Been a while. Uh, more work-related travels on my end. Ohio and Chicago for work, and then we had a. Well, Chicago uh, wasn't all for work, was it? Well, not all for work. Yeah, we had a multi-time guest, and uh, 
Austin Miller's bachelor party. Yeah, great, great friend of the show. One of our one of our gang well, members. Gibson's is like the main steakhouse in Chicago. We mm-hmm. went there the last night, and I was absolutely the drunkest person at Gibson's. It was pretty yeah. fantastic. Y'all, uh, how how was the Cubs game? What, who were they playing? First of all, they played the Reds. Nice. Um, let's see. I think it was like eight to six. Our rooftop was awesome. First of all, if you, I have to say after. Having done the rooftop at Wrigley, uh-huh. no way in hell I'd ever watch a game actually in the stadium compared to the rooftop. <laughs> no, it sounds extremely cool. I was bummed that I was in London and, and couldn't attend because that going to a rooftop in Wrigley sounds as cool as it gets as far as a baseball experience. So goes. I think the, the uh, Ricketts family pretty much bought out all the rooftops around Wrigley. Oh, so it was kind of controlled by the team even. So the price... The, the price varies by game and rooftop, but Saturday Memorial Day weekend against the Reds... Mm-hmm. We all paid um, it was 120 bucks a head. Um, comes basically, you have general admission seating on the top of the roof, mm-hmm. so you can pretty much go around wherever. You've got uh, tables at the top. You can stand with your beer. Um, all the beer you can drink until the end of the seventh, and uh, food as well. So food and beverages wow. are pretty much part of the ticket. That's pretty cool. How many people are up there on the rooftop? Like how big is it? Uh, a couple hundred. That sounds pretty cool, man. That's it's like a bar overlooking the game. Could you see? Could you see the scoreboard or just the field? You could see. Uh, you could see the infield and right field from where we were at. Scoreboard was blocking center essentially, but you could mm. pretty much tell they had multiple TVs set up. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's a few seconds delayed, but you can follow along. Yeah, if something so, happens, you can't see. You can turn around and watch the replay you on the can TV. Listen your way through it. Uh huh. Um, so you have you have the rooftop. You've got a, a middle level that has like all the food options. It's kind of more mm-hmm. of a pic- picnic area that's shaded, but really really meant to serve the roof. And then there's like a more formal uh, bar indoor. Like, well, it's it's covered, but you have like a deck essentially looking out more middle level. If you want to be more in the in the shade, a little bit kind of a nicer booth, mm. or kind of like a like it a. Sounds nice. It sounds like a hospitality uh, like. I don't know what they're called, like a, at a at a golf tournament, like the big up. But they're like trailers, you know what I'm talking about, where you have like a top level you can stand on and an inside yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yep, that's pretty sick. That's what it is. It's pretty. It was pretty badass. We that's had awesome. A, and then in the, the very top of the roof, you could go to the back, kind of where the bar was the, on the top level, and look around. You got Lake Michigan, Chicago skyline. It was pretty. It was pretty damn cool. We had a good time walking around. We didn't do anything too stupid. At least we don't remember doing anything too stupid. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so it was good. Traveling. I was in Dayton, Ohio the week before all the tornadoes went through. Oh, gosh. So, well, you timed that well. You uh, The positive, Dayton, Ohio, why would you want to go there? Well, if you uh, fly to Dayton, you're likely to get bumped to first class because the plane's going to be half empty. So we, <laughs> we took advantage of that. As far as I know, the only thing going on in Dayton is the first four NCAA games like once a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, very cool. Well, we're back. We're back on the air. Probably, hopefully after this, back to some semi-regular scheduled programming. Uh, but we're I got to – what you say? We are under immense pressure. No, I know. I was about to get to this. So, yeah, you were talking about this right before we started recording. Uh, if everything goes to shit this weekend in Fayetteville and uh, across the board really – uh, you have no one to blame but us because I have a long list here of very positive developments in the world of Ole Miss sports since our last episode. So you you want to run down some of these? First of all, 
Ross Bjork is gone. Poached by Texas A&M. Congratulations, Aggies. Got a great one. Um, we all Miss fans are truly devastated over this. I don't know how we'll ever recover uh, losing the guy that we spent, I mean, probably 15 hours cumulatively just shitting on in the last three years. Spent two and a half years bitching to get all three of them clowns out of here. And they're all gone. Vitter, Vitter yeah. gone. Freeze gone. Bjork gone. So it's, it's, it's honestly a reason for celebration. Uh, that was one good thing. Of course, I already mentioned uh, exact opposite of the 2018 Oxford Regional happened a couple of days ago. Completely breezed through. 3-0 and finish. Two of the three regional games were against Jacksonville State. Uh, the only Power 5 team Ole Miss had to play in Clemson. They beat 6-1. Uh, really, was there ever was there ever a moment where it felt tense? Maybe in the beginning of Jacksonville State, where they had a bunch of opportunities and they weren't scoring them. You're like, oh, could this, could this come back to bite them? This is game three, I mean. Uh, but no, they they beat Jacksonville State by ten plus both games. Uh, really, very low stress regional. We got to rest up a lot of arms. So I know I want to get more. Just a quick minute. So Bianca, whatever the hell, whatever the hell happened in Knoxville. Yeah, to, but when they when they won Game Three after losing the first, I'm going to get really specific here. The 2011 Dallas Mavericks, who at that time going into the postseason were notorious choke artists, the mm. one and done boys, mm. blew a 20 point fourth quarter lead Game Four of Portland to even the first round series. They get they had a they had a conversation on the plane on the way back to Dallas, and something changed. They went from choke artist to clutch. They closed out that series in six. They sweep the Lakers. They beat the Thunder in five, and they beat the Heat in six to win the NBA title. Mm. After after years of just basically shitting the bed in the playoffs. We'll see where this ends up. We'll probably jinx the whole thing since we're actually recording this week. Sure, sure, but, yeah. But whatever the hell happened in Knoxville seems to have changed the whole course of action here because they mm. get to the final at Hoover. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing looser. They're dressed up like the Ninja Turtles in the dugout. It's like it's either that, either either they had a great talk, or Mike finally found a bottle of Vaseline. I don't know which, maybe both. But yeah, well, that just if you've never heard that story before, it kind of a throwback to what the Lafayette Super Regional, right? The, some kind of a dugout joke about loosening up is basically all you have to know uh, yeah. when it comes to that. A Cliff Goblin special. Um, yeah, I mean, they're playing a lot looser, having a lot of fun. Yeah, the Zach Phillips and the Ninja Turtles, the Austin Anderson special, right? That's how he, he dressed up in Omaha, I want to say, with the uh, the Ninja Turtle garb. Um, they just, they're, they're really, and I mean, a huge part of it has been Thomas Dillard hitting leadoff. Uh, just uh, kind of mind-boggling that it took this long, but it's obviously where he needs to be. Hey, uh, it's the secret weapon. Is that, yeah, pull it out at just the right time. You don't want to blow it beforehand. But he had two home runs, including a grand slam, the, the first of the season for anybody on the team in that regional final. Um, and the, the other home run was the first pitch of the game. Um, and he's just he's really playing. Tim Elko is, is getting hits. Uh, the, the, the guys that have produced late in the season are, are still doing it. Um, we'll get to the MLB draft later on in the show. But, um, yeah, it's the, the baseball team looks, looks really good throughout – Hoover, where they, they lost to Arkansas in a close game, and then they knocked Arkansas out later. They lose the final to Vanderbilt, like, what was it, 10-9 or something, but they had absolutely no pitching left. It was their sixth game of the tournament, fifth game of the tournament. I think it was their sixth, right? Yeah, because um, they, uh, they went through. Because they went four and two overall, I, I believe. 
Yeah. They beat uh they beat A and M, knocked them out. They knocked Georgia out. They knocked Arkansas out. And the first day they knocked Mizzou out. Um, so it was uh it was a long stretch of baseball there. And amazingly, um, I, I guess it, we'll see this weekend. But the pitching apparently isn't completely shot. The starting pitching is really coming on right now. I mean, Doug Nikhazy is is a second ace for sure. Etheridge is throwing some of his best games. Even Gunnar Hoagland, who was pretty shaky a lot of times in that Sunday starter role, is uh is looking pretty good. I, I not to jinx him, but huge series this weekend, obviously against Arkansas. But I got to say, John, to me, it feels like the pressure is is more on Arkansas than on Ole Miss. They're the home team, they're the national seed. They blew the national championship last year. They need redemption. They're two and three versus Ole Miss this season. Campbell just got knocked out by Ole Miss. They're ace in the tournament. Ole Miss backdoor to series there in Fayetteville earlier in the season. Um, you know, both teams know what they're getting. Ole Miss is, is maybe one of the hottest hitting teams in the country right now. Um, with, like I said, the starting pitching looking very good as well. Austin Miller didn't have to throw a single pitch during the regional, I don't believe. Um, so he's definitely going to be ready for some high-pressure relief innings. Um, I, I, you know, I, anything can happen in a super regional. It's Arkansas is one of the best teams in the country. Van Horn is a great coach. It's a great atmosphere. That being said, I don't think Ole Miss really needs to be scared of anything right now, and I think Arkansas is probably going to be feeling more pressure than Ole Miss. I'll say this. If Ole Miss wins on uh, on Saturday in game one, because the first game is Saturday, scheduled for Saturday at noon, I, I think it becomes complete panic time for Arkansas because you already know Ole Miss can backdoor the series with the with Nikhazy on Saturday. If Nikhazy is pitching, well, game two, I should say, if Nikhazy is pitching in the Sunday game to go to Omaha, I would be really worried if I was Arkansas. That's That's basically my take right now. Yep, I mean, it feels like Ole Miss after years of getting basically peaking not, at the wrong time. I would say that they're uh, kind of peaking, screwed by the draw, but not getting breaks. Yeah, I'm thinking in 14 they were probably the ninth overall seed and had to go on the road for super, which in many ways worked. It. Mm-hmm. I almost like the fact they're on the road for supers because tight. The crowd was good this past weekend because every game was a blowout and just kept the title. Right, it never had to get tight. If it's a tight game in the eighth inning, you know that whole place is going to be just tense as hell. So I just mm-hmm. assume go on the road. Go to a place where they can be loose and they know they can win. Yeah, let Arkansas feel the home pressure. That's fine. They got one of the probably the easiest regional draw we've seen them have. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. I don't remember ever having a, a, a more of a cakewalk regional. I mean, like yeah. I said, they played Jacksonville State twice. They had a cakewalk regional. The regional got even easier than it was on paper because Jacksonville State made it to the final game. Uh-huh. They get uh, they're matched against Arkansas, who they know they can beat, mm-hmm. who's a who's a good team, and there's definitely a course of line of thinking saying Arkansas is kind of due to exercise some demons but i they're a good team I, but it's it's the battle of who's going to exercise more demons because i think both i mean both teams are due for that if you if you want to go that route yeah i i think Ole Miss walks in there i think that i feel good about them walking in there i feel we'll good see. too like i said we, we just beat campbell and omaha i think they're they're not going to be scared come saturday and also I've, I've seen a lot of people saying that the the daytime starts are good for Ole Miss. obviously as the away team the earlier the start, the better you feel about the crowd not being as into it. Um, yep. You don't have to sit around all day Saturday waiting for an eight PM start. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's good. I I mean, I think you're gonna know in the first three or four innings. I think who's gonna be the winner of that regional more than likely because if Ole Miss comes in hitting the way they've been hitting, as opposed to the way they hit against State, the way they hit against Tennessee. 
Um, yeah. I think that's that that's going to be really hard for Arkansas to overcome more than likely. But you know, it could it, with Etheridge and Campbell on Saturday, it could easily be a, a really low scoring pitchers duel. I don't think anybody would be surprised by that. So it's it's really going to be great. It's going to be a great series to watch. You know, it's kind of cliche to say that about good on good, but it's it's two teams that should both uh, be kind of peaking at the right time. It seems two teams that won the regional three zero. Um, yeah. I, it's it, this is the old Miss team, basically that people have been waiting for since uh, since what 2016 when these guys signed. I mean, this is the way they were supposed to play the whole time. So it's exciting. It's 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 uh it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to watch again. And people can thank us for not being on the air during that. And uh, sorry that we're about to ruin everything. Here's the other angle: if they if they get through Fayetteville, yeah, they play the uh, LSU Florida State winner. So probably LSU. They've got a not. I mean, they've got a favorable draw. In the wall bracket, I haven't even looked at it. I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I will. I don't think there's any reason to get nervous. I mean, let's let's see where they get because I haven't studied the whole thing. They would get LSU to open. They can beat LSU, especially especially in a especially in Omaha as opposed to Alex Box. Um, Let's see. Uh, State's on the other side. Their big nemesis is, I mean, State and Vanderbilt's on the other side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that that works in your favor for sure. I mean, could they? We could pull this up and go through. I don't. I, I have mean, the bracket could, up now. Yeah, they go could ahead. make a run to the championship series. I'll say that far. The only problem I was thinking, man, that'd be fun. I was like, you know what? The problem is, what if State gets there on the other side? Uh huh. Set up a Mississippi I- final. Imagine losing the title of state because state kicks our ass. It's bad, right? It's we, true, we, we but just... I mean, you you want to talk about exercising demons? I mean, that's the team that you're zero and four against this year. If you could take the most important series from, I'm not saying it would happen. I'm just saying. I'd rather Vanderbilt knock them out, and if we're going to lose, lose to Vanderbilt. Oh, absolutely, and I think Vanderbilt can. I think Vanderbilt is probably I mean, the best team in the country it gets, up to it now. Gets you, it gets you PR in your apartment, and we can just <laughs> we can just make fun of Crooked Corbin. It's, so, totally, you know it's totally true though. Vanderbilt is a very good team. So let's let's pick let's let's pick our eight for Omaha. UCLA, Michigan. You got UCLA? LA. All right, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. I mean, I think Texas Tech. Yep. I don't know anything about OSU. Uh Ole Miss, Arkansas. We've kind of been through the possibilities. Let's just hell we'll pick Ole Miss because we're masochists. We're ready to go 0 and two. <laughs> Ole Miss, just because we want to. So this is so this LSU Florida State super regional, a huge story out of the regional. Second year in a row, Georgia is the national seed and they lose their own regional. I mean that's uh, that's rough. I mean FSU is a better team than Tennessee Tech, but still tears in a row. At what point do they stop getting national seeds altogether? Ah, I feel bad for those guys. Uh, but I guess it's a good story for Florida State, right? It's their coach's last season; he's retiring, so good for them, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think LSU probably wins that super in, in Baton Rouge. So our side of the bracket would be UCLA, Texas Tech, Ole Miss, LSU, assuming Ole Miss wins in Fayetteville. Across the bracket, I do think Vanderbilt beats Duke. UCLA, Texas Tech, Ole That's that's very workable. It's workable, and also it's, it's some, some really good teams. Uh, across the bracket, I think Vanderbilt beats Duke. And now you have a very interesting series. you got the Bianco Bowl set up, two former assistants, Dan yeah. McDonald and Louisville. Uh, hosting East Carolina and Cliff Godwin, no idea, but but interesting. Interested to watch that one. Yep, I think that's going to be fun. Um, two two teams that play well. You think well. the winner of the Ole Miss Arkansas Super Regional 
has a really good shot to make it to the title series. I don't know because UCLA is the number one seed overall. I haven't lost a series all year, right? And then Texas Tech is is a, a very good, not, very good program. They lost, they lost a game, and they they are not Vanderbilt. Okay, they're not Vanderbilt. Okay, all right. I mean, I I, I agree. I think Vanderbilt UCLA final. I'm giving the edge to Vanderbilt. Um, but I think that's, that's it's, it becomes a very interesting side of the bracket for sure for Ole Miss fans because it, it does seem like you could you could work that for sure. Honestly, I think not having watched UCLA, I think I might be most scared of, of Tadlock and Texas Tech in that side of the bracket because Texas Tech is very consistent. They're they're a good program, but I don't know. Um, Stanford traveling to Starkville that's a long trip, John. First of all, the the Bay Area boys going to Stark Vegas is absolutely hysterical. It's, it's very funny. It's it's like a National Lampoon movie for sure. I mean. All right, hold the, on. We have, a, I have an update. I have an update from uh, my fiance. She can hear us in the other room, I think. She said it would never be – she's agreeing with you. It would never be a Vandy-UCLA final. UCLA could barely beat Loyola Marymount and barely won their regional. It's true. It's true. That's what you were saying, John. Ole Miss Arkansas winner is the favorite to come out of the side of the bracket. Okay. I, I don't know. It has as good a chance of anybody. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's fair. But, okay, back to back to Stanford and the Silicon Valley boys traveling to Starkville. That's that's a fun matchup, right? I mean, I think State has the edge for sure, not just being the home team. I mean, they're, they're, they've been good all year. They're very solid. Go Silicon Valley. We, we need an effort here. We need something. They need to make an app or something. I'm trying out to win life. the damn thing. I want to knock people out. That, I want people knock people out that are going to be a pain to beat. Stay oh, absolutely. All this. I would love for Sanford to win that super regional. That that makes that side of the bracket significantly easier for sure. Um, and then you got the the last SEC team, uh, Auburn, headed to UNC. I have no idea what you see. UNC is like they beat Tennessee, Liberty, and UNCW in their regional. We'll see. Who knows? I mean, another big story was Auburn winning the Georgia Tech regional. Georgia Tech, another national seed. Um, these Georgia teams are, are overrated, huh? Yep. It seems like it. Yep. And also, back to UCLA, I think Georgia Tech was one of their big non-conference uh, like resume wins. So, you know, maybe maybe that does say something about UCLA. I don't know. We'll see. We'll know. We'll know soon enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's going to be really good. It's going to be a really good um, weekend of baseball for sure. Looking forward to it. I, I'm assuming with the kind of the weird game times at Ole Miss, they're probably trying to work it so everybody can pretty much be on TV and not overlap too much. So that should be good. I like it. Get up and get up and get at it. Saturday. Oh, I love some. I love some Saturday. Some some noon. Uh, what I saw people on Twitter saying it's a it's a Jefferson Pilot type time for the game. Yeah. So I love oh, that. You absolutely. Um. So let's see other things that have been going on since we last recorded. Uh, there's some basketball developments that we'll get to in a second. Football is uh has gotten a couple of recruits. I, I, it just feels so strange when that happens these days. It's the last thing I expect to happen. First of all, a few things on, on football from my side. Yeah, they got all 31 signees on campus. Congratulations for that, mm-hmm. including Jerry and Ely. Which yeah, it's huge. That's a huge development. Would have never have guessed. So now we get like a competent running back at Rich Rod's offense. So Rich Rod. Well, we have it. two. We have two good running backs for the first time ever, right? Scotty Phillips is a. Yeah, is like, a but we have. I mean, Scotty Phillips oh. is good, but we have a real running back now. A real running back. 
Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not going to disrespect Scotty Phillips, but I agree. When's the last time you had best, two running best, backs you were excited about at Ole Miss? I, I can't remember. Back a time. On paper, since Deuce McAllister, is that fair? Hmm, let's think about this. What Jeff Scott? No. Oh my God! Don't even know. <laughs> it, I mean, the only two people that even you, you could even have a conversation about to me would be Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and or Brandon Bolden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's been it's been a while. That, that's that's all it is. Could easily each should be the best running back since Deuce McAllister. I hope so. I hope so. Um, you know, I I've I've had a, some doubts about Ely just because you know private school. That's really to me that right there is a gives you pause. But I was reminded uh, he did go over a hundred yards in the Under Armour game. That's nothing to sniff at. Um, it's nothing to sneeze at. I should say. That's uh, I mean, yeah, maybe he's legit. We'll see. I hope he is. Um, not really sure what to attribute. I mean, I am, but his his MLB draft slide. He wasn't hitting the ball very well senior year. Um, really have no idea if he's going to play both sports at Ole Miss. Probably not. I think he probably focuses on football. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily the best path for his future. But I think as Ole Miss football fan, it's probably exciting because I don't really know where he would factor into the baseball team next year anyway. Uh, we'll talk about the MLB draft in a second, but I think they're going to have a lot of good players. He's a, he's a signature piece of the offense immediately. Right. Uh huh. And, and, and 11 a.m. against Memphis opening day. You see some Jay and Ely? National TV, ABC. That's going to be it's going to be a game. We're going to have uh, – Looking two, forward to that kickoff Labor Day weekend. It's going to be good. You have two head coaches on the sideline and Matt Luke. <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know what? We'll see how this year plays. I'm not, I'm not gonna dogpile on Luke as much. I like, there, but. I like Matt Luke personally. I think he's a great guy. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I've made my opinions clear on this show. I think uh, it's a very bold, interesting move for him to go out and hire two former head coaches with reputations like McIntyre and Rich Rod. And honestly, I think that if, at the end of the day, what you can say about doing that is Matt Luke loves Ole Miss. I'm not even being glib here. I think he actually wants the school and the program to succeed before he cares about preserving his own legacy at Ole Miss necessarily. And that's, that's admirable. I, I, I think he's a great guy. Honestly, you, you want to, you want my honest opinion? Let's hear it. Kayat is a beloved chancellor. 20 years yep. from now, you tell me Matt Luke is the director of athletics or the chancellor at Ole Miss. I'm not surprised. I don't know. That's that. I'm, I'm not surprised. I don't know about a head coach. <laughs> yeah, He's not the chancellor. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he go, maybe he goes back and gets his doctorate. I don't know. I'm just saying that's the kind of that's the kind of love for Ole Miss that I that I see Matt Luke having. He's a, he's he, I think he could be a beloved figure. We'll see. But I don't know about a football coach. I don't know about that. We'll see. Uh, now on to actual candidates for chancellor. If we're gonna let him have two jobs, Kermit Davis should absolutely be chancellor and AD and basketball coach. I think this is Weston right, right. Dean's idea. I'm not going to joke about the chancellor thing. I, I, I got to rant for a minute. You got to rant about the chancellor? Okay, because we really have we have no news about the chancellor, right? No idea. They're forming a committee. We have news. We have news. Right, it took these fucking idiots four and a half months to send an email saying, we are taking nominees for a committee. What do you expect? They're not, they don't even work for all this. They work for the state committee. of Mississippi. They don't, they don't get, they don't care. What have they been doing for five months? Well, they have to organize a meeting every month, get together. You got to get you know the catering order in. You got to all make your schedules work. The school in the country has to wait five months 
to form to the committee. Take nom- no, no, to take nominations. They don't have a committee <laughs> Nominations yet. for the committee. No, that's true. You're they right. close nominations at the end of May. They do You're not right. have a committee yet. No, it's pretty oh, insane. It's a joke. It is. Uh, it's something that I don't think you would see in many other Power 5 schools. Probably. I mean, maybe we're wrong. I'd love to hear more about how other states do this. But again, it seems the IHL is um, a very strange uh, organization. I don't, I don't really know how it benefits. If you're going to take three years to have high chancellor, I mean, just put Colonel Rev in charge of the school and be done with it. I mean, it's like that. It's a joke. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen with the chancellor search. I feel like it's a complete black box. One day they're just going to announce somebody. And if recent history is any indication, it's going to be. <laughs> was bad. I was asking to put Sean Tui in charge. That's a, <laughs> a better isn't that kind of it's the same thing him and Colonel Rubb is the same thing uh but I think one day they'll probably just announce that you know like Greg Harper I think who was at Paul saying that the other day or maybe um trying to think of who would be some some political outlier like some someone that's vaguely connected to state politics they're going to name them the chancellor or like uh yeah I could I could think of a few names but it's something weird like that um it's just it, who knows man I don't, I don't think that anybody really has any idea what's going to happen there um, all we can do is focus on the positives that are happening, John. And going back all the way back to like maybe a couple of days after our last episode, basketball team, Kermit Davis gets a, a huge, a huge influx of uh, talent for next year. I think I'm, I'm make sure I'm saying this right. I, I'm not sure. I believe his name is pronounced Tadim C. It is spelled Kadim Sai. We've assuredly said it that way on the show in the past. Uh, but he is a JUCO. Big man going to be playing center next year. Um, just a, a huge upgrade over what Ole Miss had uh, in the paint this this past year with Dom and Bruce Stevens. Um, immediately going to be impactful. Definitely going to be a starter. Game one next year. Um, he can block shots. He can score inside. Uh, he can rebound. Really excited about this. Again, Kermit gets it done. Um, knows how to build a winning team on top of that. We already knew this was going to happen, but Devontae Shuler and uh, Brian Tyree both returning next year after dipping their toes in the NBA draft waters. Um, should be a really interesting, exciting year for Kermit. I mean, it's pretty cool just to be going into a basketball season, uh, much less the second season under new head coach um, with a, as a projected NCAA tournament team. You know, So that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, just very exciting overall. And then uh, throw in the fact that Terrence Davis – being lauded as as the biggest pre-draft climber uh, in the upcoming NBA draft, maybe as high as the first pick in the second round right now projected. So uh, it's a it's it's a really good time right now for Kermit Davis and the basketball team. It's just the best time it's been since when, just from an Ole Miss fan standpoint. Let's well, think let's about see. This. In 2013, when they beat Wisconsin and lost to LaSalle, that was Marshall's junior year, right? And then you're going into his senior year, and you hope maybe things will be good, but you're losing Murphy, you're losing Reggie. Optimism is thinking, definitely down. I think, I'm thinking just as an Ole Miss athletic fan in general, probably oh, the most yeah. probably the most content, optimistic you've been about anything it's since the Sugar Bowl, right? Yeah, I was going to say going into the regional last year. Oh well, yeah, I definitely since then. I mean, hell, what's what good thing has happened since then other than the basketball season? Texas Tech, okay. Then they blew. I mean, b- basketball surprise, but it, but that kind of just happened, and you took it. You didn't like. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any. I don't know. Just kind of. I don't know. I think even last year, going into the regional, the overall help because football is so important to the school. I think 
I think ever since Freeze was ousted and the five and seven year that preceded that, things have been a little shaky. But I, I do personally feel good about the fact that at least basketball and baseball seem to be back on the right track. Uh, and football is a special case. I mean, the, the NCAA and the way Freeze left, both of those things combined, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's not normal times necessarily still for the football team. I, I think baseball you feel good about. The, I think quickly the draft, all everybody – People on the team get that were going to get drafted got drafted high, mm-hmm. and the signing class is going to remain intact and be top four in the country. It looks like. So, yeah, and then and then you throw in you already mentioned Jay and Ely is going to play football because he wasn't he wasn't drafted highly. It's it was it was all good news for Ole Miss in the MLB uh, draft. All, you you feel good about baseball now. Even if they go and get clobbered and and lose two games in a row in Fayetteville, you, you still had a successful season, I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, I you, getting... did, you won 3-0 and in your regional. It was it was a far cry from last year. Bianco is, is once again very safe. It's a huge turnaround. I mean, after 1-5 after and five in the last two series, well, actually 1-6 and because they also blew a three-run lead on the road at Arkansas State in the midweek, um, it, it, things were bleak. I mean, it, it's kind of amazing to see the entire temperature of fan base change this significantly in this short of a time period as far as happiness with Bianco. I mean, I think the only complaint you can really have, which I think is how Weston Dean feels, is uh, the only downside is, yeah, maybe you're going to miss out on Cliff Gallo. Maybe he's going to go to an SEC school or a Power 5 school uh, in the next year or two, and, and Ole Miss is going to miss their window. But, I mean, Bianco is is still is is still a, a very viable, good coach in the SEC. I mean, I don't know. I, you, you obviously can't make a move now. They're playing their best baseball when they should be. Under the New York criteria, it was extended. He's safe. He, he got to a super. That's right. That's right. And Keith Carter, interim. I, I think I don't. I don't think he would. He would dare to upset that oh. very logical criteria. You got a top four class coming in. I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. You mean I? I'd still. If I'm Keith Carter, I go to Mike and I say, "We got to go. You know, we got to go hire somebody on the staff to be in charge of just having fun." But mm-hmm. that's pretty much the only tweak they really need. So. Yeah. It's uh, basketball's the most confident. Basketball's the most confident it's been, and um, absolutely. Frankly, you feel better about the recruiting potential of this staff more so than you ever did under AK. Yeah, and 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 same goes for the in-game coaching. I mean, overall, I just think the program is in a a very stable, good place right now. Yep, and football, you say you go from kind of and to you're probably neutral. I think you're. Re- I mean, however slow it is going, I think you are rebuilding the football program. So, what more can you really ask for? It's it's happening. Yeah, if, you're if, you're moving in the right direction. At least, at least you're stabilizing the program. It will be interesting to see what the stadium looks like this year from an attendance standpoint, because the reports, of course, when baseball was doing so poorly, the people were coming out of the woodwork talking about how bad season ticket sales were for football. All those things kind of snowball together. No idea how it's going to actually turn out, but. Um, I will be interested to see just how full the stadium gets, or at least for SEC games. Because I mean, that is uh, a big be- indicator. That's a big indicator of the health of the athletics program because so much of the athletics yeah. budget comes from football tickets. If they beat Memphis, I think Arkansas gets has a good crowd week two. Yeah, and and personally, I think I I think that they have a very good shot to win both those games. I know they could easily lose both those games as well. Sure. Two weeks are critical. Of yeah, so oh, absolutely. those are both. Those are both swing games. I mean, that's going to be huge. I um, mean, we will see. This is opening stretch. You'll see in many ways, especially for like a well, for like a middle of the road team. This is about as 
big of an opening stretch as it gets because if they oh, go yeah. two and zero. Everybody, people feel good. And they'll be yeah. Then they play Southeastern and and then they got Cal. I mean Cal, winnable. I mean, tell me they're four and zero. I wouldn't sit here and say that's crazy, but it's not. It's not then, out of the realm of possibility. Then you, then you have, then you have a path to a bowl, uh-huh. and the fact that you, you get. If Luke gets to a bowl after everything, kind of rebuilding on the up and up, that's mm-hmm. successful, and everybody everybody's feeling pretty good at that point. Yeah, no, at that point, yeah, at that point, it's uh, you know, you start thinking, well, maybe this is gonna this is gonna work out for longer than just the keeping the seat warm period that he was originally hired to do. I mean, he was yeah. he was he was made the full time coach. It still pretty much felt like he was the interim in a way. You know, wait out the sanctions, uh, kind of get the NCAA out of town, and then you get a year or two to figure it out. Um, I really have no idea, and and obviously the the vacuum of leadership, no chancellor, now no athletic director. It's uh, it complicates things even further when it comes to. Uh, is it, to the is it a vacuum of leadership, or is it a, uh, or it's almost like so? It's almost like we're neutral with no leadership. Yeah, it's not necessarily but worse. I mean, you've, is, it, Vitter, is Vitter or Ross being out? Were they almost negative leadership? Right, is an empty chair an upgrade over over both of those guys? I, I think you can make that Probably. case, and we'll see. I mean, Chancellor, we'll see. Chancellor absolutely, AD, and more, and more. Frankly, frankly, a, frankly AD Ross had. I can understand why A and M hired Ross. To a certain extent, I personally I still think it's, I think it's weird. kind of I, 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 I'm I'm frankly amazed that he that he fell upward that way. Well, he's a good salesman. But, he can he can sell himself apparently. Uh, you know what? Thank God! Thank God! Aggies are Aggies. But can you but imagine? Can you imagine? Did you're you're on the board of regents or whatever at A and M, and you call up your your prized golden calf Jimbo Fisher. You say, hey, hey, buddy, I got great news, Jimbo. We know how you like to operate. We went out and we got you the athletic director that most recently got charged with lack of institutional control at Ole Miss. This is going to be great. This is a great fit for us. That, to me, is a crazy sell. I I don't understand that at all, but that's just me. Call me me crazy. So, devil's advocate. Okay. I'm the board of regents. Hey, Jimbo, you, you know how to recruit. And you know how to cover your tracks because you had the New York Times up your ass and nothing ever happened. <laughs> so you do a good job covering your ass. You have that down. You don't need that from an AD. And what you need from an AD is somebody you can manipulate. And what we need is somebody that will cave into the good old boys and everybody and have them in their pocket. Well, I believe that. So we're hiring Ross Bjork. Well, I mean, I think that is that is a, a very good counter if you're going to play devil's advocate to the the other side of Ross I mean, York. I, I I do think he's weak. He's a weak. Was intelligent. I'm just saying that's what the Aggies did, and I am damn happy. Well, they just, did. It's just weird because we've always said what Ross York is good at is raising money and building buildings. What does A and M need? Not raising money and building buildings. They got that covered. They could do that with with nobody in the in the ADC. It's interesting. I just, I, it's interesting. We'll see how they do. Since they hired Bjork, they got knocked out of the SC tournament, knocked out of the regional. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they are next year in football. We'll I see. never went on tags or anybody and read what they thought about the Bjork. Hire. From what I could tell on Twitter, it was a very mixed reaction. I think there were a lot of AM fans that were seeing it the way I was saying. Uh, what has he really done in the last, you know, three or four years that say, 
Oh, we got to uh, hire this guy. I mean, hell, here's here it is, John. He he made a very good hire in Kermit Davis. Don't they? They need a new basketball coach, right? They just got one. I don't remember. They might have just hired one, right? Buzz Williams. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did. They got a good. They got a good coach. That's right. Buzz Williams is a good coach. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the argument you make. I have no idea. I think it'll be interesting to see how that works out for him. Um, whatever. I mean, best of luck, Ross. Good riddance. I, I don't think we're shedding any tears here on. Uh, this program, at least. I mean, the best argument I can make for Bjork there is he understands the SEC West. He has no ties to A and M, and maybe they felt like that. You know, let's get some, let's get some outside perspective uh-huh. to a certain here. Outside perspective, but not a guy that's going to just be overbearing. Yeah, but well, it's like you said, he's he will definitely cater to the people that you, you tell him he needs to cater to when it comes to alumni and donors and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe that's a valuable skill to them. I have no idea. So anyway. And, and like you said, he knows the SEC West, so that's that. There's that. Um, that as close as I've come to, defend, to coming up with a reason why A&M would hire Bjork. Yeah, it's I don't really know what else it could be, yeah. Point to me. So. It is bad. Anyway. Not complete. But anyway, back to the old Miss side of it. Ross had permanent regardless of what he he could have gone on and well if he won the sec in football it probably would have been forgiven but he barring some remarkable feat he had battle scars or he had scars with the the fan base that were never going to be ignored to an extent yeah, but it was weird because, like we talked about on the show a lot, he also had defenders, and I really think this is just kind of an, an inherent part of fandom where, and human nature, where people are always going to want to be contrarian, especially when it comes to negativity, and they want to say, always- actually, things are good, and people are always going to say, actually, Ross Burak wasn't the problem. You know, his hands were tied, and, and Vitter hired Luke, et cetera, et cetera, one of many examples of defenses there, of there's, there's factions within the good old boys yes, or yes. the guys and if you're the good old boy versus the in the no guy, I mean, they, it's, but if you are a good old boy, I'm not sure how you can be upset with Keith Carter as, as the interim AD. I mean, he's as, as red and blue as it gets. Right. So, and I don't know how you feel, but I say, you know, I think Keith Carter is going to do the best job he can. Mm -hmm. He's not, he's going to be sensible. I'm glad it's Keith Carter, not Michael Thompson. It's kind of odd. Yes. I think Keith Car- Keith Carter is going to give you stability. Yeah, and I, I think he could, he could probably. I mean, he'll keep the donors happy and raise him money as well. If I had to guess, Keith Carter scored forty runs in Swayze this weekend. So Keith Carter, exactly. Yeah, runner up in the SC tournament. I mean, things are looking up for Keith Carter. Exactly. It's so. I got no issue with it. Is he the long term guy? Probably not. But, they, but I mean. I got no problem with Keith Carter doing this job for two years, whether he's a chance. Yeah, that for however long it takes. Yeah, he may as well be the long term guy with the the rate these hires he's, are moving. Yeah, who knows? They keep rolling along. Plus, I mean, if you if if any of the uh, Kermit Ross riff disagreement was true, yeah, was true, then holy get cow, the, get the hell out, Ross. You're, you're you're feuding with the best hire you've ever made. Yep, that's, I mean uh, that's some dumb shit. Who knows how true that actually is? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows how true any anything we really hear is? But yeah, um, yeah. All right. Well, John, what else is going on? Any NBA Finals predictions? It's one one at the moment, right? Is this uh, is the game tonight? I don't remember. It's uh, in thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, and we are 
back? Are we in California for this game? Yep, they're back in Golden State for the next two. Mm. They will. Um, Clay Thompson's out tonight. Right, right. I don't know. Toronto, to me, Toronto blew game two, but not playing the first, not playing the third quarter. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it was nice to see who, game who one. Who are you rooting for? I kind of find myself pro Raptors because I like oh, the line. absolutely. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how anybody that isn't from Oakland can in good conscience cheer for the Warriors. I mean, come on. It's, it's not that I dislike the Warriors players necessarily, although some of them I kind of do. It's just who doesn't want to see things change and be upset? Everybody loves an upset, right? And the Raptors Durant, are a fun team. Go ahead. Does Durant getting hurt and it just being kind of the Splash Brothers plus Draymond make the Warriors more likable at all? Or I think it might, and at the same time, I think if Durant goes to the Knicks, wherever he's going to go after this offseason, I then I'm going to like that team more. the The problem isn't necessarily Durant or Steph and Clay or Draymond together, or not not them separately. I it's, mean, it is them together. It's them together. Yeah, I, I think individually they're 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 both they're both fun to watch. The Splash Bros or KD or whatever. Uh, it's just less fun to see them dominate the finals every year together. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see after the season, and if the Raptors win this year, I think that's going to be uh, it's going to make for really good finals. So we'll see. Yep, we'll see. What about you, you yeah. following? Following hockey? hockey? No. How are the do you, what? How are the Blues doing? Update me on this. Uh, series tied two two. Game Ooh. fives in Boston tomorrow. Oh wow, that's dramatic. The uh, main sport, one of the main sports bars here in Dover, across the street's a big, big Bruins joint, and they have half off pizzas on Thursday. Oh, so nice. that's that's nice. Um, but still, oh. I I, I kind of want to see St. Louis win that one, huh? Again, the underdog, right? The the person, the team that's not normally there. Anybody remo- anybody that can remotely be affiliated with the Cardinals deserves to lose. That's my <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention a huge piece of news personally. My uh, my Astros selecting Greg Kessinger in the second round. Uh, very excited about that. Obviously, they have a shortstop. They have a second baseman. But what I was reading was uh, if Kess- if Kessinger was to stay with the Astros, he could project as sort of like a, a super sub. You know, he can play shortstop, second base, first base, corner outfield, um, good defensively. You know, just overall a great sub. I, mean, I think that would be great. I want to I wanna get a custom uh, Astros Kessinger jersey now. Now that we uh, we shit on Gray earlier in the season, then he became such a good player. Hey, he he listened to us and said, well, "I'm going to prove those bastards wrong." That's so. right, and that's kind of how this show works. So, just to go back, uh, Arkansas is going to kick our ass. Wink, wink. Uh, they're going to play terrible. Ole Miss is going to play terrible this weekend, and let's just everything that we say is going to happen. Hopefully, will not come true. That's that's kind of what we're uh, what we're known for. So I'm happy with that. Um, all right, John. What else you got this week? I think we're there. I mean, we covered we covered basketball, we covered football, we covered baseball. We didn't mention softball. The heart they 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 oh, did yeah. a good job in the regional, lost in the supers, but still yeah. a good season for sure for them. Mike Smith continues to I'd say build. Yep, they're fun to watch. I, I watched the regional. They got to get past Mike Smith's going to enter Bianco territory here soon enough, and he can't mm. get past the super. But you know, it's softball. It's, it's true. True. Yep. It was. I, I think. I think the softball team was much more interesting when the base for for the for the average fan, 
of which I am pro am an average fan, but I think that when the baseball team was sucky and it was a, it was a, an outlet for them to say, well, we'll just watch this and it'll be more interesting. I mean, hey, I know. Go ahead. They've been good. They won. They, they were very won the good. Regional. They were very they good. I watched. The- I watched the regional instead of watching that that terrible Tennessee series. So I think a lot of a lot of fans are in that same boat. But yeah, so that's that. That's uh. That's where everything is for now. Um, got a long football offseason coming up. Hopefully, hopefully the baseball team can keep playing well, shorten it up by a couple more weeks, and um, you know maybe we'll have my uh, my fiance will get on mic next week and uh, give us an update. Because I'm knock on wood, I think Vanderbilt probably will uh, probably have a good weekend this weekend. We'll see. I I feel good about that. Um, they're gonna they're gonna cruise. More than likely, knock on wood. So maybe we'll, uh, maybe you know, who who knows what will happen. Maybe we can have a little Omaha discussion next week. We'll see. Um, that would be that would be fun. But a good weekend of baseball coming up for sure. Keep an eye on that. Uh, let's see. You'll probably hear this on a Thursday. But if you listen to Happy Hump Day, uh, halfway through the week, I haven't worked at all this week, so it, it feels like a Sunday for me. Um, but I got a two day work week, so that's not too bad. Um, but yeah, we'll leave it there for now. Of course, uh, if you like the show, you can always. Rate and review us on iTunes, five stars, uh, and a review would, would greatly help us and help other people find the show. Check out our website, landstarksafterdark.com. Obviously, visit our sponsors we talked about at the top of the show. Um, all that good stuff. And, and also, if you like the show, you know, tell your friend. Um, you know, send, send somebody the link. Maybe they might enjoy it, too. Um, I know we've gotten a lot of listeners that way just from uh, friends and family of, of, of other people that like the show, sharing it with them. So we appreciate that. Um, happy to be back here with you in a, in a new location again. I hope the uh, the audio isn't isn't too uh, messed up. We'll see. I'll have to figure that one out. It's a little, I don't know. I still feel like it's a little echoey in this little desk uh, alcove I'm in, but we'll figure that out. Um, yeah, that's it for this week, guys. Um, as always, thanks for listening. John, thanks to you, my friend, for taking the time. For John, I'm Justin. Uh, have a great week. Have a good weekend. And we'll talk to you again next week.
them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.